the holy name of Jesus, amen. As families set out on their family vacations, or summer vacations, normally they have a destination in mind, and they actually have a route in which to get there. And as they travel, questions like, are we there yet, or how much longer, are pretty common. Although at times very stressful for parents, these questions, to be honest, I think are quite reasonable. Son, we're just entering into Nebraska, and we're headed to California. It's going to be a long time for us. And of course, the children respond, ugh. For the child, it's hard to hear this, but the answer is very truthful, and it is certainly real. Now today, Jesus sets out on a journey also. Today, Jesus sets his face towards Jerusalem, which is the biblical way of saying he's going to get to Jerusalem no matter what. Like the dad who's determined to get to California on time, Jesus is determined to get to Jerusalem. Now, there are two important things for us to know about this gospel lesson as we try to find ourselves in the midst of it. First of all, those who are traveling with Jesus are not privy to the information about Jerusalem. We as listeners, or as readers, understand that Jesus is going to Jerusalem, but those who are with him actually don't. And then the second thing is, there is no timeline. So in a sense, the disciples don't know where they are going, and they don't know how long it's going to take to get wherever they're going. All they know is that they are on the way, they're with Jesus, and they are just simply to follow. Now, since we know the destination, we might actually kind of read into the passage a certain contentness among the disciples. Well, at least they're going somewhere, and that might be enough. However, ask the child who's in the car en route to California, if it feels like they're going somewhere when he says, Dad, are we still in Nebraska? And Dad says, yes. And the child says, ugh. It at times feels like we are, in fact, going nowhere. Now, Jesus says, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has Nowhere to lay his head. This is just one step away from saying that the Son of Man has, in fact, nowhere. So Jesus asked the disciples basically to trust him, which means to follow him without actually knowing how long it's going to take to get there or whether they're, in fact, even going the right way. Because of this ambiguity of faith, there isn't a three- to five-year plan for the disciples, but basically just a one-day plan. Today is the most important day for Jesus' disciples. The plan for the disciple is simply to follow Jesus now. Which really should be good, especially if you're traveling to California. Dad, how much longer? Well, we're here, son. Which, of course, every child will shout for joy. But traveling with Jesus, maybe the now isn't so great when you're not ready. 
because of what the now actually means for you. For Jesus, the destination is Jerusalem, but the destination for the disciple is, in fact, Jesus. For the three would-be followers towards the end of the Gospel reading, they entered into negotiations with Jesus, which on the surface seemed quite reasonable. And because they seem reasonable, Jesus' answers seem so harsh. The thing is, though, Jesus isn't making any value judgment about the disciples, the would-be followers. You know, just before this, he spared a town from consuming fire. Rather, Jesus is simply describing the reality of following him. He just can't be in two places at once. See, Jesus is exposing two worlds for the would-be disciples. The old world and the new world that Jesus is creating. There is no looking back for the disciples simply because there are fundamental changes occurring. You can't hold allegiances to both places at once because both places require your allegiance. And they require all of you or none of you. Now, anyone who has a child or a spouse or a friend who texts, I think can actually understand this. At times, it can be annoying and it can be sad when you're trying to speak with someone, whether it be a child or a spouse or a friend, as they're texting. I've heard it said from parents. I haven't had this experience yet because my children aren't old enough to text, but I've heard it said. Parents wonder if their children are even present. Are they even listening? Are they actually present? Or are they even in the same world when they're trying to talk to them as they text? Or are they with someone else, with whomever is on the other end of the phone? And I've even heard parents say, son, you are either here or you are not. Why? Because you can't be in two places at once. Now, for all those unbelievers out there about multitasking, I encourage everybody to check out the Stanford University study on multitasking, which you found out that it's completely untrue. You can't multitask. Something's got to give. See, the nowness of the call to discipleship is radical. It's extreme. But it is truthful. And it is real. The question for the excited now, disciple, who is in fact ready? Who says, okay, Jesus, I'm here, but what's next? It's similar to those fish in the movie Finding Nemo who escaped from the aquarium. Final scene of the movie. They escape from the aquarium, but they're still in plastic bags. The reach of the ocean, they're excited but they realize they're still in the plastic bags and they have no plan of getting out of them. And they say, now what? All the kids, I'm sure, got that reference. But in today's Gospel reading, there isn't any specific how-tos, but there is just simply a general orientation to do something and to go somewhere. Now that might be because Jesus doesn't have a plan. Or perhaps it could mean the activity that you are supposed to do in the place you are supposed to go is, in fact, right in front of you. 
See, it doesn't take three to five years to get there because you're already there. It doesn't take three to five years because today is the day. Perhaps the activity that you are to do is present in your daily lives right now. Like praying for daily prayer in the Lord's Prayer. We have something today that God is actually changing in us. Now, like the man from last week's gospel lesson, who was sent back into his city, once we've seen and behold the one who's in front of us, Jesus Christ, we are sent back into our daily lives with a radically different view. The view that life is set by the kingdom of God. Jesus' radical statement about burial, you know, don't let the dead bury the dead, you know, it didn't actually institute any new burial practices in the early church and it, because we still bury people. Jesus was getting to something more fundamental. Jesus is activating the listener to abandon previous ways and previous commitments of life in order to join in the celebration of the new way, the Jesus way, of seeing God break into our world using his church to proclaim that the kingdom of God is here. It's here at the font, it's here in his word, it's here in forgiveness, and it's at the altar. There is no more waiting. It is now. So all those plans about joining in the work when things are ready, and your life in order, need to be put to rest. Because today is the day of your salvation. Today is the most important day in your Christian life. Today is the beginning for all of us. When we see the kingdom of God is here, there is no more waiting. The kingdom that counters normal human concerns for security, for readiness, for prestige, or power. The kingdom that is driven by a new norm that is formed by Jesus, both personally in our own lives and institutionally. And the kingdom that requires us to be fully present because Jesus is fully present. So don't go back. Don't look back. There are no goodbyes today. Because we're in this together with our Lord Jesus. So follow him. Follow him into the Eucharist and out of it, back into your daily life, proclaiming that the kingdom of God is here. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.